I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yo to speed, it's the sport of episode 230-something or other. I think I've got John and Stu with me tonight, but let's make sure. John, hi. Brandon, hi. Stu, hello. Sup, guys. Hey, uh, and Clarence is gone again. He's been banned from Twitter, I think, for life. Rest in peace. And uh, I think he assumes that means he's banned from, from this podcast as well. But uh, we'll try to get him back on someday. We'll see. Yeah. Mourn you until I join you, Clarence. <laughs> the guy has 49 kids. None of them are old enough to drive themselves to their winter sports activities. You got to cut the guy a break. It'll, it'll come for the rest of us. It came for Stu once upon a time. It'll come for Brandon and me years and years from now. Give poor Clarence a break. That includes you, Twitter. Bring him back. <laughs> Assholes. De- Death rides a teal minivan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can stop writing down podcast titles. That'll be fine. Rides a teal minivan. Well, I Perfect. just think it's... I, I'm I'm actually pretty impressed with Twitter. They must have kicked off every single white supremacist and then finally worked their way down yeah. to jokey anonymous people. Uh, so it's great. It must be such, it must not be a cesspool anymore. I know. It's no, the only I, explanation. I, I, absolutely fine. Nothing bad is happening politically in this country. So right. I think uh, they have nothing else to worry about except minor jokes from anonymous men. <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst place that has ever been created, and I spend a lot yep. of my waking hours staring at it. Yep. And that, it'll never make sense to me. Uh, okay, let's talk football. Let's talk sports, my sports buddies. Uh, John, it's been four days since the Super Bowl ended. How's your mood? How was your mood during the actual game? Were you cheering I, for the meteor? I, I really... We said at the end of the last podcast we did... That surely, John, surely you will be cheering for one of these teams. And when push comes to shove, I can't even remember which team it was that you said I would cheer for. You you said when push comes to shove, you will cheer for team I can't even remember. It might have been the Eagles. I can't remember whether it was the Eagles or the Patriots. But as it turned out, you were wrong. I was not cheering for either team. And I was equally angry. You know... When they were trading touchdowns the entire second half, no matter who had just scored, I was angry. <laughs> so so when the strip sack happened of Brady with two minutes left, that just made you happy because, no, that could that also angered you? Anything that happened angered well, you? Well, 
if if I'm perfectly honest with myself, seeing Tom Brady sit on the ground looking forlorn, that was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. It was a tough one, man. Uh, yeah. So you were maybe 51% happy with the ending then? I mean, maybe. I certainly didn't want the Patriots to win, but you can't find a way in which the Eagles also didn't win. So Philadelphia sports fans are just terrible people. They seem to, they believe that they are unbelievably tortured, yet every so often one of their teams comes along and wins, and they're like, well, that didn't count. The Eagles don't win anything. They're just, they're Boston, they're trainee Boston sports fans is all they are. Yes, very true. Well, there's a little bit of a silver lining here. Um, Chris Long plays for the Eagles, and he seems like a really good guy. I think he gave basically his entire contract away to charity this year. That's yes. incredible. Yes, he did. Even even 10% would have been a fantastic move, and for him to do the whole thing and essentially risk a crazy amount of injury to do that, that's really cool. So I think that was a, a big thing, too, if you're trying to convince yourself to cheer for the Eagles. That's number one. Uh, number two, Donald Trump went to bed sad. It's great. You can't deny that. Donald um, Trump didn't watch the Super Bowl. Uh well, he was sad at some point when he found out that his best, his BFF, Tom Brady, lost. So maybe he didn't go to bed sad, um, but he was sad at some point. That's pretty cool. That's number two. And number three, uh, Sam Hinkie wanted them to win. So fantastic for everybody. So that's why. <laughs> you, better, you better hope and pray, Brandon, that Sam Hinkie doesn't turn out to be like an alt-right white supremacist or something like that because you oh are just going to have a terrible choice to make if that turns out to be true yeah and you know he's and you never know with these with these uh weirdo silicon valley rich guys exactly. you know some of them are good people other others are peter thiel so yeah he could be thiel? elon musk you never know yeah <laughs> jeez it's risky it's risky but that chris long thing's legit that's the only good thing it i is. can think about Yes. Uh, Stu, what about you? Who were you rooting for the Eagles? I had no rooting interest in. I I just couldn't. It was like ah. Apparently, someone's gonna win because they don't play for a tie. So it was an enjoyable game, you know. I remember what we lost two weeks prior, which hurt, and um, I just. uh, you know, Tom Brady and his Make America Great hat. Uh, it was just I, uh, Justin Timberlake uh, just kind of stepping over his own dick on the halftime show, trying to be cool and not necessarily working. Uh, was was it, the halftime show not good? I can't judge these things, so... It was... I. Reasonable people disagree. I, I, I didn't get much out of it. You know, well, I agree with you. Was too. Just yeah, the Prince thing was. I don't know. Singing along with a dead man. I mean, unless you're his daughter, like Natalie Cole, I just don't know that that's going to be a thing that I'm going to be on board with. And uh, I, yeah, it did. It didn't do much for me. I was like, I. I thought, boy, that's kind of weird, whatever. And then I saw some story to the effect that 
Prince had specifically told everyone he knew, never let them do that to me, never go ahead with this. This was not meant to be. Please never let this happen. And by the end yeah. of that, of course, I, w- I could not have hated Justin Timberlake more. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. The quote was on the record, so it's he. It wasn't manufactured out of whole cloth. It was a real thing, and I can honestly... I mean, I watched the, uh, the game with a friend of the program, Josh Fiedler, at least the first half, and he can tell you that the most excited I got during the whole first half was that there was a new, a new Cloverfield movie coming out. <laughs> was, that's, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, I'll do credit. It was a very entertaining game. I mean, I just did not have a rooting interest for either team. I was just, I, you know, it was fun to watch a good high scoring, like, you know, there was some, I mean, there were, there was razzle dazzle. There was like flea flickers and, you know, quarterback passes back to the quarterback, and um, so that was fun. You know, I like that part. Yeah, if they could make the NFL just always look similar to that, it would be a great sport again. I mean, yes, yeah. one guy almost died, concussion, Brandon Cooks. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. maybe take that part out of it. But beyond that, yeah. there was, uh, you know, they got the catch calls right, which is incredible because I actually think they technically yeah. got them wrong. But just an amazing thing to be like, oh fuck it, let's just do what we think is right in this in this scenario. That was super fun. Yeah, um, yeah it I was agree. just it was a very entertaining game. So of course it had to be one of the most exciting games ever when it was two of the worst fan bases on the planet. Like why couldn't that yeah. have been two fun teams that we had a lot of you know enjoyment watching? Instead we had to convince oh, ourselves <laughs> that like oh this sucks. And that it have been Jacksonville, Minnesota. A Jacksonville, Minnesota Super Bowl would have been just out with that. I mean, obviously, if the Vikings had lost, it would have been awful and wretched. Right. But for yeah. like, uh, just if for, with a non-rooting interest, I think a replace us with like the Rams, the Jacksonville Rams Super Bowl that would have been awesome. That would have been a super good time for everybody involved. Yes, exactly. But um, I do want to say um, on a football thing, um, if Rob Gronkowski stays healthy for. 16 games in a season. How does New England lose any games? You yeah. can't cover that goofy son of a bitch. He's amazing. He's, I mean, he clearly eats paste. I don't think anyone denies that he eats paste. But he's no, of course. unbelievable. You can't cover him. He's bigger and faster than everybody. And he just galumps down the field. And you can't hardly ever tackle him. So I... His obviously his health is his Achilles heel, um, but if he stays healthy, I don't know how New England ever loses a game when he's healthy. It sounded like at the end of the game he was kind of hemming and hawing about coming back next year. That'd be wild if well, he was just like forget it, pull a Barry Sanders well, or a I mean, Smith it would, or Yeah, it would show more self awareness than he appears to have from what we know about him. <laughs> yeah, that's just, not the Gronkowski I know and love. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it would make sense. I mean, he's had how many concussions in the last couple of years? In addition to all the other physical maladies, he's gotten brain injuries with uh, more frequency than anyone should have in their entire life um, in the last couple of years. So yeah, who would blame him? He'd, he'd at least be ill-advised not to consider it, or at least maybe say, hey, you know, maybe one more go around with Brady at quarterback, and then I got to call this you know, a career I'm going to be, you know, just not myself for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
I do. I'm. It's probably wrong, but I do wonder if they had won, um, if that would have changed his, you know, his career plans or anybody else on the Patriots of like might as well just go out with a win versus like, well, we're probably going to be pretty close to coming back next year, so oh, maybe yeah. I'll stick around for another year. You'll never know, I guess. But um, speaking of the crazy offense, it seemed like. The type of uh, play calling that the Eagles did, both against the Patriots and against the Vikings, it was as if the offense was being run by a kid who played Madden constantly. Like, there was a crazy amount of variety. There was some trick plays thrown in. They went for it on fourth down a bunch of times. I would like to convince myself. Yeah, a lot. And it was super fun. It was so exciting to watch this team, uh, even though they were uh, piss-pounding the Vikings. It was still really impressive to see uh, all those crazy different play calls they did at all different times. I would like to try to delude myself into thinking that maybe this is how the NFL is going to be from now on, and it's going to be fun again. And uh, even though I know the truth is that it's going to be just as broken and boring next year. Oh, Brandon. But what are the... <laughs> Uh, what are oh, the what are the odds? What are the you odds it that so it's going to be more fun? Too. You didn't yeah. laugh at yourself once throughout that set. He did a that really good, good job with that. That was good. Thank I'm, you. Thank you. I, I I mean, as comedy goes, that's about thinking the NFL would somehow change, and especially NFL coaches would somehow change. That's that's a that's a deep burn. I but I they did. That. A team just won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Doesn't that sort of doesn't that turn it from like zero percent to like point five percent chance that it does kind of catch on, or do you think the defenses will so quickly catch up to whatever crazy shenanigans Philly had going on that it just becomes a moot point and then it's boring again? I Give think point five percent. I think Doug Peterson is the extremely rare NFL coach who is willing to try to change things based on what players he has rather than vice versa, because you don't get to be an NFL head coach without being a total all consuming control freak. And that means that no matter which players you have on your team, you're going to run the thing that you think is the best thing. Even if that is like the time that Glenn Mason made Corey Sauter run the option for a year. Now, that's a pretty deep cut, so let me back up for people who might be younger than me. <laughs> Corey Sauter, I want to I back up and just say that Corey Sauter was, I think, six foot six, 260 pounds, and my guess would be that at his very fastest, he ran the 40-yard dash in 5.7 seconds. He, he was a big, slow, white dude. You or I could have tackled him. He was that big of a target, and... Mace, to, just to show the world what a amazing person he was, just set him up to run the option for a year. It was awful to watch. And that was at a time when gopher football was at its awfulest. Anyway, that's complaining about something that happened 20 years ago in a completely separate college version of the sport. Right. And but your point is they're the all like that. Of the sport. I've, really, I've really spiraled into a Glenn Mason hating hole right here. And it only happens once every other that. podcast. It only it it's it's my white whale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're you're not gonna give me you're not gonna move an inch on this one, are you? You're saying not a bit. zero percent chance. 
Zero percent chance. God damn it. What if they change the rules a little bit? <laughs> How are they going to do that? They're going to make a catch a catch again? God, I was hoping you wouldn't ask any follow-up questions. I don't know how they would change the rules to make that more likely. Uh, but it was fun. It was it was an incredibly fun NFL game to watch. Taking away fan bases again, that was about the most fun NFL game I've seen in a very long time. That's probably that right. Fa- yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. All right. So weird. So the weird play calls is the exception, not the rule. Um. And Nick Foles is going to turn into a pumpkin again, and that was just a, a lighting in a bottle situation. Is that how we feel? I I do yeah. think we need to mention how amazing Nick Foles was against Two the Vikings games. and also in yeah. the Super Bowl. He and, was. And we Aaron also Rogers need to point out looks like nothing compared to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Foles was amazing. Yeah, I know the Patriots had bad defense, but my God, it, every it's throw incredible. was perfect. Foles was throwing like. Those little in-between-the-safety-and-the-cornerback routes, like just dropping it in between those two defenders like it was nothing. Every third down and eight, he was just fitting one in to a tiny little... It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like he uh, was... Maybe you could convince yourself, like, hey, he was on the bench and... uh, he learned some things, and you know it, it's been a few years since he had gotten a crack at it. He played a few times this year and was fucking horrible. Like, right, horrible. he was bad. He, he was, was very a bad. Bortles level, level disaster, and then all of a sudden he turned around and he turned into the best quarterback in the league. There was a, the I've Eagles got, were underdogs in every playoff game, and the, he was why. I have the stats pulled up. On Christmas, he played against Oakland. A bad team. Oh God, that and game was so bad. And went 19 for 38 with a touchdown and an interception. His QBR was 23, two yeah. three on Christmas. And then by February 4th, he was the greatest Super Bowl MVP. Yada yada yada. I just, I don't know. I think this is the new NFL. I just decided Nick Foles is the, he's the guy. Face he's of the league. <laughs> From my alma mater. Good luck. Oh, your alma mater. A wildcat, huh? Yeah. He's a wildcat. Wow. All right. Well, um, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Stu, what are your current – what's your current prediction on starting quarterback for the Vikings week one next year? I think it will be – Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. An optimist. I did not see that coming. Is I that just, purely think... hope? Just the hope strategy? Uh, I mean, there might... I mean, I certainly admit bias whenever possible. Um, sure. And I do love... I love Teddy. He's a beautiful man. Um... And I just think um, Keenum's going to get paid. I don't think the Vikings are going to pay what he could get paid elsewhere, which I think will bail them out of a bad decision. I think we have seen how good Case Keenum can be. I think we could, we've seen that it's a lot of it was due to Pat Shermer. And I think I do not see him repeating that performance here without Shermer. 
Boy, it's it's hard to believe that here we are crediting Pat Shermer for somebody's re- resurgence. Because when the Vikings hired Pat Shermer, everyone was like, oh, great, another retread. This will be great. And as it turns out, he is a genius. The quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. For now. For, like, five months. And then it's a disaster again for him. I'll bet. Kyle Shanahan was like almost out of the league. He's a he's a laughing stock, and then one good season with Atlanta, and then he was the savior for 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 San Francisco now, right? Yes. It's just a sport that turns us all insane. I saw one game from Nick Foles and have decided that the sport is now going to be turned on its head. I, Brandon, barely a fan. That's what how crazy this sport has made me. Uh John, what's your prediction? I, I'm, I'm so biased in that I want it to be Teddy. I, I want to predict it that it'll be Teddy just because that's what I want to happen. But that's fair. let's be honest, it'll probably be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think if this was on the board in Vegas, it would probably be, my, my guess is it would be Keenum, number one odds, and then Kirk Cousins right behind him, number two odds. And then maybe Bridgewater third. Well, I'm hoping for Teddy. Who do you have, Brandon? Uh, I think the boring answer is probably Case Keenum. But I no, I'm going to go with Cousins, just like you. I think that I think that Mike Zimmer is old and grumpy and impatient and is just sick of having to think through trying to take a risk or develop a guy or see what happens and go through that whole stress again. If he knows that Kirk Cousins is gettable, which I think he is, and they've got the the salary cap, which they do, I think he's going to be like, just go get that guy. And Spielman, having made so many wrong choices with quarterbacks in the past, is going to be like, yeah, all right, fine, let's go do that. And it makes sense because their defense is pretty well set. Cousins is good. I don't think he's amazing, but he's good in his prime. And so it makes sense. You know, you introduce an interesting X factor into the discussion by mentioning Zimmer. Because I get the sense that if Zimmer had his way, he wouldn't even have to have a quarterback on his team. I'm guessing after so many years coaching defenses, he kind of hates quarterbacks. And so it seems like... The most likely thing is that Zimmer, who's old and grumpy and hates quarterbacks, is just going to be like, I don't know, get me the guy whose name I already know. Number five, number seven, whatever. One of the guys whose names I already know and I already know which dumb question to ask him after practice. I don't want to meet anybody new. That's fine. Yep. So that that would put Case Keenum probably in the, in the early running. Here's my question for you, Stu, since you're mm-hmm. the biggest Teddy believer in terms of him playing next year, do you think there's any chance, and this is what I've been hoping for a little bit in my head, any chance that the Vikings sign Bridgewater and another quarterback, if you see what I mean? Yes, I think that's exactly what they'll do. I think that's exactly what they'll do. Do you think it'll be Keenum and Bridgewater, or do you think it'll be Bridgewater and someone else? Bridgewater and someone else. I don't know who. Hmm. Okay, good talk. I don't think I don't think it'll be um, our handsome savior Kirk Cousins. I don't think it'll be Drew Brees. 
Um, I just it might be somebody like Tyrod Taylor, somebody like that. Tyrod and Bridgewater, I could yeah. I could do that. I'd roll with that. Do you want to throw Colin Kaepernick in the mix or just leave that alone? Um, I think he absolutely would uh, be fine in and on the Vikings, but I've I've made my peace with the fact that due to the inherent racism of the NFL and their fan base, he's never going to get another job. There's a hot yeah, take for wild. you. So. <clears throat> yeah, really going on a limb. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, if I could choose and have input, I would want Teddy. Not because I'm a scout, just because it seems to be the most interest. The, the way to get me to watch the games next year would for sure be to bring Teddy back. But that said, if he, I just want him to get a chance somewhere. Just out of curiosity. And because he's our sweet boy. What is his situation with his leg? Does he have like a big titanium rod in there now? Does anybody know? It's hard to say. There could be yeah, anything in there. Hopefully his entire leg has been replaced with something a little stronger. Faster, yeah. stronger, yep. better. <sighs> well, I have nothing else to talk about for football. That's I, good. Yeah, Brandon, I, think... I have a question for you. And this may go nowhere whatsoever, but you mentioning Vegas jogged my memory that I wanted to ask you about this. What is the status with potentially legalizing sports gambling across America? I thought Ooh. I saw something the other day that made it sound like it was a distinct possibility that that could happen. Okay, well, as always, the best information is certainly not me. I would Google it, but I will give you my best shot. Uh, as far as I remember, uh, Chris Christie, that fucking idiot Chris Christie... Uh, everybody hates him, uh, has put a bill out to to legalize gambling, I think potentially just in New Jersey or or uh, if either well, it'll just the, be New Jersey and then that will be expanded Given that Chris Christie is the governor of New Jersey, I would be surprised if he introduced that bill anywhere but New Jersey. Right, but it may have been a national, federal law, blah, 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 I'm not sure. But the point is, it sounds like there's enough uh, momentum behind it that it it will be it's one of those things where it will be legal someday they're just not exactly sure when and I think some of the reason for the momentum is that pro sports teams used to be really really against it now they have come out and been like no it's fine we've seen that it doesn't you know Europe has had legal gambling for a long time with the soccer leagues and it's been okay so they are now saying that they support it and they're okay with it because of course they know that's good for their sports. People will pay attention more. However, some of the sports leagues, I don't know if it was the NBA or the uh, Major League Baseball, they have proposed that they get a cut out of all the gambling that happens for their sports. Whereas all the other experts are like, yeah, go uh, fly a kite with a hole in it. That's not going to happen. So I don't know where that's going to end up, but it does sound like from, from fairly credible people that uh, it legitimately will be um, if not a thing in the next year or two, at least building momentum to be a thing in the near future after that. So, man, that would be so unbelievably exciting. Right? It's just one of those things where it's it's similar to like when you when they stopped allowing smoking indoors, where the day after it happened, you're like, I cannot imagine what life used to be like one day ago. <laughs> it's so insane. I cannot, I cannot believe that they used to allow you 
to smoke in bars and restaurants yeah. like it was the Middle Ages. Yes. And like a day later, that's how it that's how it was. So I feel like it'll be one of those sort of scenarios. Same with when people legalize weed. I thought it was really interesting that California uh, legalized it this past um, year, starting January 1st. And they like all these reporters went out to to check out all the pandemonium and the lines and all that. And there was like three people in line. And they're like, yeah, whatever. There was there was no actual craziness that happened because of it. It just sort of became part of life immediately. So I think it'll be one of those scenarios. But yeah, as far as I have heard, again, um, I'm just making this all up at this point, but there was going to be some sort of ruling or discussion that happens in the spring pretty quickly here, whether it's a vote or or whatever, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, But it should be legal at some point, hopefully, uh, after that. So my second question is, when this happens... And I am thrown out of my house by my wife for losing 45 straight sports bets and Uh blowing our entire checking account. Yep. Which one of you guys will take me in and house me? (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be a thing. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to talk to Mandy about that. We really like you, John. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, we just don't have a space. I mean, yeah, I mean, jeez. Keep in mind that my other choice is trying to break into Clarence's teal van to sleep in there. And then have a heart. (laughs) Yeah, if that's if that's rock bottom for you, that's yikes. Yeah, yeah, that's because it'll happen, so Yeah. We'll talk we'll talk off we can talk off air, I think, about this. All right, good. John, do you think you will be legitimately a guy who gambles on a bunch of stuff? Yes, and I think I will do very poorly. <laughs> very, very, very poorly. Well, remember that the people who win in Vegas are the dumbasses who are casual fans who just vote with their guts. So when in doubt, vote against your gut. That's my that's my <laughs> point of view. Uh, it's going to be bad. I always do the exact opposite. It's going to be bad for me and my family, and I couldn't be more excited. Well... Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you go to a soccer match, I believe you can you can place a legal bet like in the concourse, right? Yeah, I would just go up and. Yeah. It was. It's kind of shocking with the total prohibition against gambling, of course, except for Vegas, here. And then you, I, I went to a Premier League soccer match, and in the stands, you could bet on what was going to happen next. At halftime, the lines had changed, and you could be like, well. This is interesting. I think I'll go in and bet on the following team to win. It it was, it's just such a different attitude that, as you mentioned, it's like, why do we care whether people gamble on sports? They do it here and it's fine. It's fine. It's demonstrably fine. Yes, it's so fine. It's so fine that it's not even going to be a thing. It'll very quickly just be like uh, similar to fantasy sports where, some people do it and talk about it, but that's kind of it. So I hope it gets here very soon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, anything else football related? I have nothing uh, football no. related. Um, I, it is, uh, in case anyone missed it today, uh, or was it last night already? Uh, the guy who was going to be the Colts head coach, the Patriots coordinator, backed out at like the eleventh hour to stay with his master, Bill Belichick, his dark his dark lord, to sit at his right hand and continue serving the dark lord. Um, so the Colts um, don't have any uh, coach right now, and he had actually hired like three assistants already for the job. They had been. They scheduled the press conference. They had posted mm-hmm. a bunch of things on their website, mm-hmm. introducing him as the coach. Yep, unbelievable. That's hilarious. So it's been a been so. A what do you think secretly? What do you think happened? Why would he back out of that? Do you think that he found out very quickly that Andrew Luck's arm has fallen off? Uh, <laughs> and I, my my guess is that he's being groomed by Belichick. Uh, like a Darth to his emperor. That was for all the Star Wars guys out there uh, to um, take mm. over the get the full power of the Force um, here in My the God. next season that's or enough. two. So that, that's enough of that. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I guess that's the only reason why 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 you had turned it down. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless Patriots are giving him Maybe. an insane amount of money to be the OC. Um, that's comparable to what you would get as a head coach. But, man, I don't know. Even then, if you were getting very similar money to have less power and to have to back out and kind of ruin, not maybe not ruin, that's probably too strong of a word, but uh, sour people on you for a number of years now, uh, it's it just seems like a very risky, weird decision to make unless he somehow. I mean, staying away from what's the Colts owner's name? Ursay. Bob Ursay. Yeah, he's uh, he's nuts. Staying away from him makes total sense. But oh yeah, I wouldn't have accepted the job in the first place. So he clearly like had a bunch of interest in it. So to me, I don't understand how that conversation goes with Belichick and and Kraft after he's already resigned. He's already been announced for them to come through, it can't, it can't have just been like, here's a few million more dollars. It had to be some other thing. So yeah, you're right. If there's some sort of like wink guarantee that he gets to be the next coach in a year or two years or whatever, um, even then just feels odd to me. Yeah. Like if that's the thing, well, can he go be a, another coach? And of and, all, of all uh, the people in the world you would trust, why would you trust Bill Belichick? Yeah. That's, exactly the the least loyal human being I think exactly. on planet Earth, right? Yeah. It, it's, Even if that shit's in writing, he'll figure out a way for you not to get that if he doesn't think you're qualified. Yeah, or if there's a younger guy making less money that he can plug into his system, he'll keep that guy and 
cut the veteran loose. He always does that. That's probably why they're ha- so good half the time, is that they never have the old rickety guy. They always have the younger guy who plays better. So, I don't know. And if you're Josh McDaniel and you want to be eventually the head coach of the Patriots, if you were confident enough, wouldn't you be like, yeah, I'm just going to go rocket at this other job, and if you really want me, when he retires, you can call me. Yeah. I don't know. Just a very weird one. It is a very weird one. I agree. One thing that we haven't done for a while on the podcast, maybe you guys are interested in doing. John, can you give me your uh, current ranking of uh, GMs? Oh, we we haven't done the... We haven't done the old GMAD rankings for a while, have we? Nope, it's been a while. <sighs> All right, let me think about this. Um, most of the time when I try to compile these, my problem is not thinking, "All right, this guy has been doing great and this guy has been doing great, but which of them is number one?" Most no. of the time, I sort of think of everyone in order, and I think, "Oh, that guy's definitely in last place." Well. That guy is probably definitely in last place. Well, no, that guy is definitely in last place. Um, Let's see. Usually, I put whoever is the Lynx GM at number one. I can't remember what his name is, and that's fine. It's probably Cheryl Reeve, let's be honest. And she's hey, amazing. So okay. whoever whoever's in charge of the Lynx, um, they're number one probably forever at this point. I think that's just like an honorary, obvious number one. Yeah, we'll we name the award after him. Let's move on. Yep. Yeah, the number one spot is named after whoever that is. <laughs> this is one of those things like... We are experts. Like there's there's someone who's technically the Timberwolves general manager, right? There's someone who has the title general manager. But when we do this, it's Tom Thibodeau that we put in there because he's actually the general manager. Yeah, so, the boss. Yeah. It's the boss I, rankings. Yeah. What I what I don't know is who that person is for the links, whether it's the person who, if you go to their front office staff page on their website, it's that person or if it's literally just Cheryl Reed calling the shots. I don't know enough about how the links are set up to tell you that. It's okay. Um, I got to think about this. I think given how well Jimmy Butler has played, I, I think... Tibbs has got to be number two. Now, this is also a person who traded our beautiful, sweet, beloved son, Ricky Rubio. I know. It hurts. Yep. Signed Jeff Teague, who is one of the worst Timberwolves in history. And so how can he be number two? But then you remember Rick Spielman is in this mix. He's terrible. The boy geniuses with the twins have done nothing. I, I mean, maybe... Maybe mom took their cell phones away. I really don't know what happened to them. They've done absolutely nothing except for signing guys nobody's heard of. It's very Terry Ryan-esque. Uh, Chuck Fletcher should be fired every day. Um, yep. He's on his way out. Hopefully, the biggest hope the Wild have at this point is that he can't further ruin the team by making another one of his patented garbage trade deadline deals this year. I'm guessing the owner won't let him do that. So if they can avoid that, then that'll be a good thing. And Chuck Fletcher is terrible. Um, you got to say Manny Lagos. Yeah. <laughs> the Dinky Town Ghost. I don't even know what he's done. He hasn't fired Richard Pitino. Uh, so that's something. Actually, I did see this story about him. Did we talk about him? 
he was out for an early morning red run and he fell down and broke his leg and had to flag down a car to get him to get him to no. the hospital. The yeah, ghost that happened. Yeah, the ghost. Oh shit, that's weird. Apparently, Sorry, he's running along deserted roads a lot or something. I mean, when you're a ghost, you can do whatever you want. I suppose. So true. Uh, whoever, whoever you want to consider as in charge of Minnesota United, they're doing a terrible job. Their their only goal seems to be to sign every winger that has ever existed. It was it was kind of hilarious. They have no big name players, and there was a big rumor last week about how they were trying to sign a young guy from Colombia, who was going to be sort of their first bigger name player. And of course, that guy was also a wing. After they've signed, they just have nothing but wingers. They seem to want to play them everywhere. It doesn't make any sense. They don't have a plan. Um, so that's a struggle. I don't know. Who who is worse than who there? I want to put so many of them on the bottom of these rankings. Yeah, it's a tough one. All you start doing with this, which is, you did brilliantly, by the way, is when you, you give someone the num- the top ranking and then you start to yell at how shitty they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna put Tibbs at the top, but he sucks. But ass, I want to mention and here's he's a bunch of reasons things. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all. But relative. then I went on to list why everybody else is even worse. So yeah, yeah. This is how this is how the boss rankings work. They're all terrible. Put them all in a car and drive that car off a pier. Um, yeah, I, I think I would say if yeah, I could ahead, just uh, yeah. yeah yeah I'd like to um, I like a lot of what John said I think a lot of it made sense but I would like to remind our listeners that there's a another Stu, great another if great this is going to be if this is going to be you shelling for Minnesota United again I invite you to shut the <laughs> hell up right now I don't know what makes you say that but now that you mention it I would like to remind our listeners that there's another great season of Minnesota United soccer at Surly Brewing <laughs> Company our pre-match parties exclusive to the brewery are going to be there we're going to have some great music uh, obviously, Rising North Pale Ale will be uh, brewing again. Will be released in March, and uh, we also have a boot soccer uh, thing with uh, the United coming up next Sunday, February eighteenth, from eleven to five. Um, it's free to um, uh, part, to watch. Shut um, up. We'll probably have music going. Um, you got the feel. It's going to be just great. Other than that, John, I think hey, you had a, you had a lot of great points. I'm starting yeah, to hate Minnesota United more because of Stu. Well, they are. We are the unofficial official podcast partner of Surly Brewing, so we have oh, to right. we have to let them get their plugs in, John. They've no one, so no one denies this. Nobody, because they don't know about it. Once they find find out about it, they will deny this. Mm-hmm. This is also true. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so Stu, do you want to do some rankings, or do you feel like I John kind of John? John pretty much had. That's pretty much where I would have slotted them as well. <laughs> Maybe so would I, put, I mean maybe Tibbs. would have put Spielman a little higher, but just because I mean he is coming off a thirteen and three season, but I, I know that you can't say anything good about Spielman on this podcast, so I won't. No, it's true. I kind of thought that too. So I think you obviously have to say Tibbs is number one, even though yes, John, yes, uh, a lot of his moves have worked out, and the Timberwolves are pretty good. And then it's like BGs or Spielman, and it's. It's odd because they both have like opposite resumes. Spielman did a lot of great stuff this year, obviously, whether it was blind luck or not, but he's also made like a thousand terrible moves. 
whereas the Bee Gees have just done nothing. So they haven't really made many mistakes, but they haven't done anything positive yet either. feel like Royce Lewis seems like a pretty good draft pick right now, but that's kind of it, right? <laughs> well, he's also never played above single A, so... He's 11 years old. Really, he, yeah. He's in, yeah, he's in fifth grade this year, so I do understand that it's kind of early to say that. But, yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to say, but yeah. And then the other, the rest of them just fire them all. Yeah. And whatever you lose your uh, starting, you're a top starting pitcher through May. You definitely want to make sure you don't sign anyone right away for, to replace him. You want to make not sure you sign anybody. Keep that yeah, powder dry boys. It's a while until spring. It's a good, uh, uh, seven days until spring training. So you definitely want to <laughs> definitely, definitely hold off on that. Don't want to rush into anything when you're uh, top, uh, pitcher is out until may definitely don't want to rush yeah. into anything especially when you made the playoffs last year and everybody else that also made the playoffs got way better this offseason and exactly. you've done nothing yep nothing at all they've got this window right now too because how many teams in their division are rebuilding everyone or tanking everyone it's... but the team with a racist mascot that they're getting rid of so that's uh um, Except they're not really getting rid of it. Well, that's it, true. It, yeah, it they have a me, year to phase it out. This drives me absolutely insane. They are they have probably the most racist mascot there has ever been in <laughs> American sports. And they announced that they're going to stop wearing it on the field. Not next year. They could stop wearing it next year, but eh, we want to give everybody one more chance to buy all of the, the on-field racist stuff that the Cleveland Indians have. And then we're going to not have it on the field anymore. Except if you go to our team-owned gift shops, whether it's at the mall or at the stadium, you will still, at that point, be able to buy stuff with the racist logo on it. I can't, yeah. I can't believe that that was what they came up with. Like, well, all right, we'll stop wearing it on the field in a year. Ugh. Now, I can believe that that's where they started. What I can't believe is if they actually go through with something that idiotic. Because a lot right. of these guys propose something terrible, and immediately, like uh, like the Prince Hologram thing, uh, he pro- they proposed it. They kind of did like the canary in a coal mine on social media a day before, and everyone was like, nope, fuck that. That's terrible. And they went, no, never mind, never mind. Forget it. Sorry, we're not going to do that. That, to me, seems like what's going to happen here. They can't possibly go through with wearing that uniform for an entire year, right? When they have admitted it's right. terrible. I mean, the Atlanta Braves are the exact same way, by the way. They they also used to have this incredibly racist logo of a, a, a laughing Native American. And they no longer put that on their jerseys. And they no longer put it on the sleeve of their jerseys or whatever else. But if you go to their gift shop, you can still buy T-shirts in many different colors with that logo on it. And also, the Braves still do the tomahawk chop during games like it's 1943 and not 2018 now. Incredible. You can't... It's it's hard to believe when you actually think about it that this is still a thing. Oh, I I, I absolutely believe. It's, it's not hard to believe at all. <laughs> not for you. It's not hard not to believe at all, no. <laughs> well, it's sad to believe. Is that is, oh, that's that's it's, fair. Yeah, that's very fair. Oh, yikes! Well, you want to do? You want to have a little hockey update, Brandon? Sure, Mr. Puck, John. Mr. Puck, Doctor Crease, uh, Jonas Brodine out four to six weeks with a broken hand. John, uh, yeah, you know, 
here's the thing about that. I was thinking about this earlier today. The it it is kind of felt like the Wild have been turning a corner a little bit. Not not too much. There's still garbage on the road for some reason, which seems like I it seems like it shouldn't be a thing, and yet they're like the NHL's best home team and the NHL's worst road team at the same time, which seems <laughs> Again, it seems like it's a relic from another age when the players had to take train trips that took nine hours to get them from New York to Boston or whatever. But it it, it kind of felt in the last couple of weeks they beat they beat Columbus on the road, then they went to Dallas and got absolutely slaughtered. But last night they turned around and beat the crap out of St. Louis on the road, and so it's a little bit like, well, maybe if they can get this road thing figured out, they're their playoff odds have sort of been steadily creeping up, and now I think they're up above 50 or 60%, and some of the other garbage teams have become truly garbage, and it, it has seemed like they're trending towards the playoffs, and then this Brodeen thing happens, and your natural reaction is sort of to think, ah, here it goes, same thing again, and Brodeen's one of their top four defensemen, so losing him isn't nothing. But I think it's different than early in the season when they were missing Zach Parisi for most of the year, and they've been missing Nino Niederreiter for most of the year, and now they have both both of those guys back. Because the thing that the Wild really struggle with is scoring goals, and getting Parisi and Niederreiter back is obviously going to help that, because those guys, when they're healthy and when they're playing well, are going to be pretty much guaranteed top six forwards on the power play and stuff. Brodeen, he, he's an excellent defensive defenseman. He's not much on the offensive end, and they already were kind of in a weird situation in which they were looking at potentially trading one of a couple of defensemen. They got a guy named Gustav Olofsson, who has been playing a lot of the season as the sixth defenseman, who is excellent on defense and has no offensive talent whatsoever. And then they're, they, the guy who's been sitting recently is a guy named Mike Riley, who played for the Gophers a few years ago, who's almost Olofsson's exact opposite in that he's pretty much a terrible defender, but he happens to be excellent offensively. And so they were looking at potentially trading one or the other, probably Riley, and now I don't think they're going to do that because Brodeen's hurt. And it's probably for the best that that they don't get that they don't get rid of either of those guys. So in some ways it feels like they have a tailor made replacement for Brodeen in that Olafson can step up a little bit and be that defensive presence and Mike Riley can be the roller coaster carnival of poor defense and good offense that he has always been. So I, I think it'll be interesting rather than when Parisi and Niederreiter were heard. It was more like, well, now what are we going to do? I was going to say all that. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Hey, uh, Mr. Puck. Yeah. Yeah. It's me, Dr. Kreese. Uh, mm-hmm. So Mr. Puck, do you want to give a, uh, what do you think that the Minnesota Wilds, Playoff odds are, as of now, February 7th, 2018. Um, Well, they got to be, I mean, you want to temper your enthusiasm. I mean, there are 10 games above 500. Yep, they are. um, But, you know, there are five teams within two points of the final two playoff spots in the West. So Mm -hmm. I I would say that you've got to temper some enthusiasm. I would say maybe 50-50. I would say maybe put them at 51%. Incredible. So close. 59%. But again, that's the odds. 
But the you know this is just a number cruncher geeks. This is not a guy that watches yeah. every play like you. No, and you probably they know don't get the that nuances. it's not exactly fifty nine point no point four percent. So I think I'm with you, Doctor Puck, Mister Puck. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, it's Mr. a Puck. it's a game of runs. I've always said Mister Puck game of never finished never finishes PhD. No, I know he's still time. trying to. <laughs> he's still in school. <laughs> he, he's, he's been uh, eleven years. He's still been working on that dissertation, but. He'll get it I'm done. his mentor. Yeah, I'm his mentor. I finished a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, John, that's crazy because last time we did this exercise, weren't they at like 10% or 20% or something? So they must have gone on like a crazy run or was it just sort of no, steady it, as she goes? I, I don't think they ever dropped much, but much below about 35 or 40%, maybe a little bit below that. I guess I don't really know, but they they really have had a lot of success at home. I, I don't have I don't know what their streak was, but it it seems like they've won ten straight games at home or something like that. So that really has been the driving factor. Do you have a percentage, John, prediction or what? What do you think? Hockey Reference says the odds that they win the Stanley Cup. Win the Stanley Cup, two percent, two and a half percent. Yeah, I was gonna say Hans has his thumb on the scale over. There. I know he's on the baseball side, but Hans wasn't gonna let him get him above three. There's no way. No, he'll crack into it and make sure that we stay humble. That's for sure. Yep. That's Hans for you, Hans. Uh, well, that was a good hockey check-in. Yeah, it was great. Stew your really Stew your perds are on right now. Oh man, they're in they're in a shootout against the Maple Leafs as hey. as I'm speaking oh. right here. John, he's got a DVR. Why would you do that to Stu? You know yeah. he was going to break it down later. Yeah. Damn. And I think our Wolves just went into overtime, I believe, with the uh, the, uh, the struggling Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> struggling, that's one a, way to put it. They're tied at 130, yeah. so I think this is a great game oh, wow. to watch for defense. That's clearly a – I'm so glad we podcasted instead of watching that. That's definitely the right call. Um in a half hour, by the way, it's about 9.30 Central right now, uh, one of John's favorite Olympic events is going to kick off the Pyeongchang Olympics. And I'm, no, I'm not talking about norovirus. I am talking about doubles cur- mixed curling. And, um, John, I believe you've, that's, what, that's a game you've actually played before yourself, right? You and Lisa yes. played mixed curling? We have curled. And and you said it was awesome, right? It, it is awesome. It's I, I always thought mixed doubles curling because they just have two people instead of normally with curling you have like two people being the sweepers and one person shooting. With the mixed doubles, it's just you take turns with two people. It seems like it's exhausting, like going down mm-hmm. going down the ice sheet sweeping in front of in front of the stone. It's actually very tiring. Hmm. Yeah, you would have to think. Like Especially your holding a beer and like a cigarette. Muscles? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's mostly just like, man, I, I'm, I'm tired from all of that trying to smoking. Get, I mean, I'm bad at curling, like possibly the worst person who's ever curled as well. So maybe most curlers are like, no, it's fine, it's fine. So anyway, John, give us a give Stu, us a quick Stu, five minutes on the Olympics. Stu tried to tease me about curling, but here's the thing: I don't think that was any, not teasing. I don't think anybody doesn't like watching curling. Like I've never no, met anyone who's just like, no, no, I it's, hate all, this. it's awesome. This it's is so fun. Every four years, it's yeah. just the best. Everybody just loves it, and I, I think it's going to be fun. I don't, somebody described the Winter Olympics as the white people Olympics, and I was like, oh, 
That's yeah. pretty true. Yeah, that, that, yeah. It's not, there's no there's no comeback to that. No, it's <laughs> not a one. The truth cannot be controversial. <laughs> but I'm a white person, pe- so what the heck? Yeah. I I'm not <laughs> Celebrate my heritage. <laughs> no, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. You could, you, could try to, you could try to dispute it, and then there's someone on skis shooting a gun. It's like, oh, yeah, nope, that's white. Right, that's yeah, really, no, that's, really white. nothing whiter. Yeah. yeah. The, the hardest part is that without NHL players in the Olympics this year, that was, like, absolutely the best part of the Olympics for me was the international hockey. And now, I mean, it's, it's still going to be interesting, but it's not quite the same. So, sorry to cut you off, John. There's no NHL players in the Olympics this year. Is that what you That's just said? That's correct. Yep. Wow. So, who's going to be playing? Is it is hockey still happening? Hockey is <laughs> hockey is still happening. It's going to be a collection of guys who are playing in other leagues beside the NA, besides the NHL. Okay. So, what about like college? Uh, yeah, there'll be some college guys on the teams. College guys, and then just all the other leagues. Why yeah, are the guys, NHL players? They just were not allowed, or what? Well, here's the thing. If you were Gary Bettman, you have to remember that Gary Bettman's sole goal is to make sure that he does whatever hockey fans don't want him to do. Because he hates you. He hates you and me. He hates Mr. Puck. He hates Dr. Kreese. He hates hockey fans everywhere. So what he noticed was, man, people really enjoy watching Olympic hockey. Like, they really get into it. Some of... Some of people's greatest memories are watching NHL players in the Olympic. Yeah, let's not do that this year. It just it takes away from our season. Because what's important is not something that players and fans love equally with the hot burning fire of a thousand suns. The important thing is that we not take a couple weeks off from the NHL season in February. You definitely don't want more people to watch a right. game that you are in sh- charge of and to know more shame. of the players in your league. Ugh. It would be a shame a long if this amazing event was amazing and somehow the NHL didn't get a dollar out of it. <laughs> I hate the Gary long Gary Bettman, of all the people I hate, you know, I, I'm well known that I hate Gary, I hate Glenn Mason and I hate Barry, Barry Alvarez, Alvarez, but yep. <laughs> I might hate Gary Bettman more than both of them put together. Those are your three, huh? No. The, the Mount Rushmore of people that John hates, those for well, sure would be three, and then maybe there's a rotating <laughs> fourth. If you list all, if you list out all of the people that I hate, you really would need a museum bigger than Canton and Cooperstown combined. Well, I don't want real life people. I want it to be sports figures. Yeah, um, would it still yeah. need to be a full museum? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So, okay. So, I'm sorry I cut you off. You were giving us a preview of the Olympics. Curling, good. Hockey, so-so. Hockey, not as good as it should be. Um, figure skating will probably be it's sort of the gymnastics of the Winter Olympics. So, I assume everyone like, and here I'm pretty much speaking about my wife at least that she'll get way into watching figure skating. Just like she gets into watching gymnastics, even though, other than the Olympics, she has no interest in either of those things whatsoever. Is figure skating a thing? I assume, like, 25 years ago, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were doing, like, triple axles. Are they just doing, like, like eight axles now? There's quads now. I know that. Okay, so there's quad axles. That's the thing. Yeah, That's a lot of quads. 
That's a ton of axles. That's many axles. So many. Okay, so so she's into that. That makes sense. Um, other than that, I what I remember from like when I was a kid was that I really enjoyed skiing and bobsledding and luge and stuff. And so yeah. the last Winter Olympics I went into, I was like, man, I can't wait for bobsledding. And then I watched it, and it was like, this is really boring. Like, Yeah, really you can't boring. tell if they're good or bad, really, at bobsledding. Right. You just have to see the time at the end. You're like, oh, okay, retroactively, now I know. They, that was really good. It's like the but sporting the equivalent of trying to stop a stopwatch a little faster than you did last time. Oh, point one four, that's real good. <laughs> Is there any crazy personalities like Bodie Miller or Usain Bolt or anything that's just like you got to just pay attention to this guy or girl that you know of? Uh, isn't Lindsey Vaughn back? Is she crazy? I believe so. Let's let's go She's with wrong. that. That's from Burns Hill. Ooh, B Vegas. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Lindsey Vaughn probably. That's that's one person. Anybody else? I don't actually I don't actually know who they are. I, I'm sure there will be people that I discover this week are from Minnesota, and so they'll be my favorite people of all time. Sure. Oh yeah. So we're really going blind because we are recording this on Wednesday, and I'm pretty sure the festivities start tonight, right? Yeah, was like a, as you yep. mentioned, the Olympics Curling start in like was 25 minutes. very first one. Okay, perfect. And then there's some other preliminary figure skating thing. And then open, I'm sorry, I don't know the terms, opening festivity. Opening festivities yeah, the openings, happen. Opening ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. All right, yeah. I've had a few beers. They're uh, on opening Thursday. Opening ceremonies. <laughs> That's okay. On Thursday. <laughs> the opening All events. Right. The opening events, yeah. Uh, the openers. Okay. Uh, all right. Gotcha. Okay. So, John, you did not you did not talk me into the Olympics. I thought you might no, try. I mean, you didn't do a great job of it all. I mean, you're I right, though. Curling's awesome. And yep. then the rest of it, it's like shruggy emoji guy. Um, women's hockey, every year the U.S. Plays, the, plays Canada for the gold medal, and the U.S. manages to blow it in a very Minnesotan fashion, so... I guess we oh. have that to look forward to. Yeah, wow. that's some intrigue. That's it's usually like, oh, they're leading by four goals with 12 seconds remaining. This can't. <laughs> how? how? <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. All right. Well, good. Am Olympics I, am I not job. thinking of any? Is there another Olympic sports, too, that I'm just not thinking of right now? That's super awesome for the Winter Olympics. Uh, Biathlon? Slalom? Giant slalom. Yeah, but that's skiing. Um, that's sort of, I mean, I never understood uh, with the skiing races, there's like the slalom, then the giant slalom, and you're like, wow, this is a pretty big slalom. But no, then there's the super yep. giant slalom. Well, why didn't you just make the giant slalom bigger skiing? Ski jumping? Maybe? Yeah. I think that's in the exact same category as bobsledding, where you're like, this is not as good as it should be. Dudes are flying through the air, and after I was like, oh, hmm, 
Oh, uh, speed skating. Oh, yeah, speed skating. I, I, I assume Apollo Anton Ono comes out of his hibernation for uh, to take part every fourth year in this. Right. They unfreeze him. And Everyone, the Apollo Anton Ono awareness really spikes in North America consciousness. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, really good preview. So, yeah, that's, there, there's your Olympic preview, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to uh, trying to riff a little bit on this and waste some time until we could give a final on the Timberwolves Cavaliers game, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen for a few minutes, so we might need to call it. And uh, the Timberwolves the, and the Cavaliers. The important as of thing now, to remember is that everyone listening to this podcast will already know how this game came out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the other important thing to remember is the game at the end of the fourth quarter was one twenty nine to one twenty nine. And I had three text messages from people who just texted me to be like, why don't these motherfuckers play any defense? (laughs) Like, I just, it's the weirdest thing about basketball and people who don't like it is like they could watch a Tibbs team for the first out of 50, like there's a bunch of games where they held teams to like 85 points, never say a word. And it's like they watch these games purely so they like hate watch them or yell at other people about not them them not playing defense. And there has not been a comment by basketball haters of like, wow, these guys are making a bunch of shots tonight. No, they just clearly are looking to scream and yell about no defense in the NBA. It makes absolute zero sense to me, and I'll never well, understand it. I got to say that there is an element of hate watching in terms related to Jeff Teague for me. Sure, of course. Of course, he's so hateable. But why am I getting tons of text messages from people screaming about, and I never hear from them the rest of the year? Does anybody do that about <laughs> hockey with you, John? Is that, did anybody just randomly texting you about, like, hey, just FYI, your sport's stupid? Only Stu. Of course. <laughs> Mr. Puck. Stu. That's not how Mr. Puck's supposed to behave. No. 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 That's not. Whoops. Whoops. Anyway, it is just the weirdest thing to me. It makes it makes no sense. I'll never understand the specific hate that people have for the NBA. I know. I mean, such an, I will, such I will always game. kind of understand it, but just don't like it. It's fine. Just don't like the sport. You don't need to text me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Don't at me. Oh, boy. Anyway, the uh, Timberwolves just lost, I believe, if that is actually the case. Not like anybody cares. Everybody already knows. Um, Boy, okay. That uh, that is all I. That's all I've got. I'm out of words. That's fine. Let's call it. We've had enough yeah, podcasting think, for today. Yep. Yep. We put in a good hour. I think that's fine. We got a show plans. title. We got. We covered all of the winter sports. Uh, we can probably start sweating. Really sweating the twins next week when spring training starts. Yes, let's do that. Let's for sure do that. Uh, All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. Or talk to you guys next week. Bye. Sounds good. Go Vikings. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.